0: Happy Friday to each and every one of you. I hope you've got plans to be with your brothers and sisters in Christ at your home congregation this weekend. All of us need to be able to get together and worship and fellowship and pray and praise and encourage and study and serve together. If you do not have a home congregation, you can't be doing that stuff. So go out there and find a place, get plugged in, stay plugged in. If you're actively looking and you're within driving distance of the Elkhart East building, I invite you to come on over, check us out, make sure you introduce yourself to me as one of my radio Bible students, and maybe you can settle in and call Elkhart East your home church. Let's open our Bibles to Colossians chapter 3, and I want to roll back to verse number 1 to let the context push us forward with the right mindset. Paul has written in this letter that the Judaizers shouldn't win. People should not be forced, as Gentiles, to be converted into Jews in order to be saved by Jesus Christ because it misses the point of Judaism. The Mosaic Law was to prepare the Israeli people, the ethnic Israelis, for the coming of Christ. And once Jesus arrived, it had served its purpose. So it was never intended to be a mechanism for salvation, and therefore it should not have been forced on Gentiles as if it were a mechanism of salvation. Salvation is only in Jesus his death, for his atoning death, and his bodily resurrection. That's salvation. And so Paul says, don't get sucked into that Judaizer heresy. Instead, stay focused on Jesus and your new life in him, because you've been born again in him. So Colossians chapter three, verse one, Paul writes, If then you have been raised with Christ, We're assuming that that's true. Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. So stay connected to Jesus. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's the Galatians 2.20 principle. Uh, The life that I now live... I live for the one who loved me and gave himself up for me. So that's the Christian lifestyle. What would Jesus do? Because I'm living for Jesus. Verse 4, when Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So that's the hope. The hope of glory is the second coming, the resurrection and transformation of believers and then we'll be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we'll always be with Him. So that's our focus. That's what we're looking forward to. That's what we are living for. And if that is the case, that should cause us to not want to live like this world lives. Not like, it should cause us not to want to live like we used to live when we were sinners, Verse 5, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. See, we're connected to Christ in the heavenly realms. We're seated with him, as the book of Ephesians said, in the heavenly realms. So, put to death all that earthly stuff, the stuff that's connected with sin. Sexual immorality, that's violating God's sexual design. One man, one woman, together for a lifetime impurity, and passion, and evil desire. See, these go over the line. It crosses the boundaries that God had intended. Don't do it. And covetousness, that's greed. It's wanting more, and sometimes wanting other people's stuff, which is idolatry. And I told you that in the uh, culture of the first century, Part of the reason uh, for idolatry was you could uh, ask these gods and goddesses to give you stuff, and uh, unfortunately, we've got some false teaching uh, within Christianity today, Christendom, uh, the wealth and uh, prosperity movement. Uh, they think that God is somehow in a little, in a little lantern, a little. A magical lantern where if they rub him in the right way, with the right words, he has to pay out. And that's just not right. That is idolatry and it is covetousness. And so that needs to be repented of. And I hope none of you have been caught up in that. If you have, repent and run away from it. Um, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. See, this is the sort of stuff that goes against God's original intention for us as the people made in his image and likeness, Uh, and uh, those that continue down that line of anti-God behavior are going to be found outside of his will when he starts wrapping things up, and that's not good. And so verse number eight, uh, verse seven first, if the in these you too once walked when you were living in them, so that's the acknowledgement, all of us have been sinners in the past, but now we're supposed to be saints. And as saints, as those that are tied up in Jesus Christ, we should leave that junk behind us. And so he starts going through a list of some of these things, and it's very similar to the list that you see in Ephesians chapter number four and five. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice. These are just bad attitudes uh, and uh, a desire to do nasty things to people that maybe don't do what you want them to do. Slander, uh, is talking down about people, saying lies about them, or just uh, 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 revealing information about them in a way that is harmful, uh, and it's it's intended to be mean, it's intended to cause them trouble, and obscene talk from your mouth, obscene talk. I, I shortcut this as potty mouth. You know, it's the nasty tongue. Uh, and talk that is just totally inappropriate for Christians to be engaging in. Verse number nine, do not lie to one another. Uh, In the Ephesians passage, this is speak the truth in love, right? Do not lie to one another, seeing that you put off the old self with its practices. See, that's, that's supposed to be the duh factor here. We've died with Jesus Christ. We've died with Jesus to the sins of this world. Why in the world would we go back to living that same way again? That's the old self. It's supposed to be dead. Uh, This is probably one of the reasons that Jesus, as recorded in the book of Luke, said, No one can be my disciple unless he takes up his cross daily and follows after me. Uh, and that seems to be this idea that we have to make sure our old self is dead every morning. We need to make sure that that's still true in our heart of hearts. So, uh, seeing that you've put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. So, we've we've been resurrected with Jesus Christ. We were buried in immersion representing our death with him and then we were raised in newness of life we started fresh with brand new clothes on brand new jesus clothes Uh, so having put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator so we are new every day we've got a fresh start every day in jesus christ And uh, we are being made in his image and likeness. Uh, Remember, originally, humanity was made in the image of likeness of God. Sin came in and screwed that image up, marred that image. But in Jesus Christ, we are made new. We get a makeover and get made in the image of Jesus which is one of the reasons we refer to ourselves as Christians. We are Christ-like. We're little Christs. And because we've had this total change, Paul emphasizes that the old distinctives, the old barriers are gone. Verse 11, here there is not Greek and Jew, uh, and here he's talking about Greek as in non-Jew. So it's not a matter of Greek, excuse me, it's not a matter of Jew or not a Jew anymore. That distinction has been done away with. Circumcised or uncircumcised, no. It's are you saved or you're lost? Are you in Christ or out of Christ? Uh, barbarian, uh barbarians were those who didn't speak Greek well enough to be con- be considered members of polite society, but much worse than barbarians were the Scythians. The Scythians were foreigners that nobody understood their language. And they didn't understand their attitudes. Uh, they were kind of the the um, the scare uh, the scary people of the Roman Empire time period. You know, it's this sort of thing, uh, you tell the kids, if you don't behave yourself, the scutians will be here and take you away, and that was terrifying. Well, those barriers are not thought of anymore in Jesus Christ. If a, if a barbarian embraces Jesus, they're a Jesus follower. They're a brother or sister in Christ. If a scutian embraced Jesus and was born again, they became our brother or sister in Christ none of these things mattered. Slave or free, Uh, he's going to be talking about that uh, distinction in Roman society, Roman Greek society. A lot of slaves, a lot of people who either personally owed money and were paying it off uh, with their uh, work, or In the past, they were in the wrong place at the wrong time where people owed money. Governments owed money. Uh, War reparations were being made. Business reparations were being made. And so they got caught up and turned into slaves. And so a lot of slaves and a lot of free people, but none of that mattered. The only thing that mattered, are you Christian or not? Have you been freed from sin or not? And so slaves and free people were brothers and sisters in Christ. They didn't think about the distinction between themselves. Uh, We could add lots of other things, you know, male and female, rich and poor. Uh, We could name all the different language groups. None of that matters. The only thing matters is are you a Christian? have you been born again? Because if you have, you're my brother and sister in Christ. We are in the same family. Uh, He says here, but Christ is all and in all. It's all about Jesus. We keep coming back to that phrase. It's all about Jesus. Verse 12. um, Encouragement again to do the right thing based on this idea. If you belong to Christ... Then you need to act like Christ. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. So if if you're chosen through Jesus, then you are holy and beloved. You are set aside and you are part of the beloved family of God. So if that is the situation, if that's your circumstances, then this is what you should be putting on as your daily characteristics, your lifestyle. Compassionate hearts. Uh, merciful hearts. Uh, we've had mercy given to us through Jesus Christ. We need to give mercy to others. Kindness. Just simply being nice to other people. Uh, This civility seems to have gone out the window in our society today, and I can't believe that Christians are on board with that. Meanness and mouthiness. Uh, We need, as Christians, to be the most polite people other people ever meet, yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, please, may I help you. Things like that should just be natural for Christians. That's kindness. Humility and meekness are in this list as well. By the way, this is kind of a fruit of the spirit list, isn't it? It's uh, a, a description of how we act because we have Christ living inside of us. Humility, we don't think of ourselves ahead of everybody else. In fact, it's the other way around. We think of other people ahead of ourselves. What's best for them? This is love. This is agape. Uh, You've heard me define it as it's the selfless love that considers what is best for the other person, regardless of what it might cost me. That comes from humility. Meekness. Meekness is not weakness. Uh, The word that appears here in the Greek text, I've told you this multiple times, it appears in some Greek uh, documents describing war horses. And so it's power under control. Uh, We have lots of things that we could do, but in Jesus Christ, We restrain ourselves for the benefit of other people. Paul says, just because I can do something doesn't mean I should. I will give up lots of things if it's to the benefit of other people. And so that is meekness right there. Jesus was the most meek human being ever to live. His power was completely under control. He did what it took to save us. And patience. Patience is a long time before you reach your boiling point. Uh, And that is hard, isn't it? Sometimes we want to have a knee-jerk reaction and we can't do that. We've got to have long fuses, as we say. We don't blow up right off the bat. And verse 13, bearing with one another, you know, putting up with each other, That's how we say it in our society. Putting up with somebody else. uh, It means we give them a little bit of extra grace. We give them a little extra rope because maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they're having a bad week. So we got to cut them some slack. And so bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. You know, sometimes we Christians don't always get along. We have little spats. We have little Uh, altercations uh, verbally. Uh, And when we find ourselves in the midst of that, eventually we've got to wrap our minds around the idea, well, this is silly. This is stupid. I have got to get this relationship repaired again. And we must be ready to forgive each other for those blow-ups, for those falling out, we need to maybe bring other Christians in to help us with that, to maybe mediate the issue. You know, in the Corinthian letter, remember, Paul was shocked and complained a little bit about the fact, what, you're taking people to court? You're taking your brothers and sisters in Christ to courts where non-believers are going to make judgments? Don't you have somebody in the church that can resolve these things for you? And see, so, you know, that's the exasperation that I would have, too, is, you know, when we have complaints against another, one another, we get it resolved so that we can forgive each other, Paul says. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Uh, that's straight out of Jesus' teaching. Uh, he told the story of the unforgiving servant who had owed his master like a ton of money that he'd never be able to pay back, and he begged for forgiveness and mercy, and the master gave it to him, and immediately that servant ran off, found somebody that owed him a couple of months worth of of salary, and said, you need to pay me, and the guy said the exact same words that he just said to his master earlier, said, oh please just give me a little bit of time, and I'll get you paid back in full, and the unmerciful servant said, no, I want my retribution now. And he had him thrown in debtor's prison. The moment that the master found out that it happened, he called that unmerciful servant back in and said, your debt is reinstated. Every penny will now have to be paid in full because you didn't have mercy like I had mercy on you. And Jesus then finishes that parable by saying, so too God will do with you if you do not forgive one another from the heart. And so that's pretty clear cut that all of us could have our salvation revoked if we do not show mercy and forgiveness to other people that are seeking it from us. Verse number 14, and above all these, now that's a pretty good list of what's expected from us as Christians, right? To be like Christ. But above all these, put on love. This is that agape love, the love that is committed. It is not self-serving. It's about the other person, Above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. This is tied in with the great commandment. You shall love he who is your God with all your heart, which is also your mind, and your soul, and your strength. So that's our love toward God. We give him 100% of ourselves. And then part B... Love your neighbor as yourself. We need to think about other people. And for those that like to look for loopholes, Jesus later said, I'm also telling you that you should love your enemy rather than hate them. That you should pray and bless your enemy rather than curse them. And that instead of retaliating against your enemy with bad stuff, You need to do good things for your enemy in the hopes of saving them, apparently. And so love is what controls the Christian lifestyle. It is the law of liberty in the book of James. It is what connects us with God in the book of 1 John, because God is love. And anybody that doesn't love doesn't know God. So Paul says, above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And then let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Remember that Jesus promised a peace that passes all human understanding. That peace comes from a restored relationship with God the Father. And it happened through Jesus the Son, And so we need to let that sort of peace rest inside of us. So let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you are called in one body. Remember in the book of Ephesians, which is a parallel to the Colossian letter, uh, chapter 4 was all about the unity, the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace and how... There is only one God and one Father who is over all and in all and through all, and there's one church and one Spirit and one Lord and one faith and one immersion. All of that is oneness. So we are to be one body, and Jesus Christ is the head of that body. And we need to be thankful in the middle of all this. Uh, Paul emphasized in his letter to the Romans that it is super sinful to not be thankful to God, to not recognize that he is the source of everything we receive. So, be thankful as well as loving. Verse 16, let the word of Christ, now the word of Christ certainly is scripture, uh, but it is it is the core of what becomes the written Word of God. It is all of that information uh, that's there in the essence of God. So, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. So, memorization is certainly part of this, but the idea is, Everything that we learn from Scripture needs to be just constantly living inside of us. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. You know, when we get together as the body of Christ, part of the reason we do that is to stir up one another to love and good deeds. Uh, To hear the word of God spoken aloud and explained and applied as to this is what we ought to be doing. So we're teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. You know, music, as we talked about when we were going through the book of Ephesians, music is an important component in our Christian worship lifestyle. We need to sing praise to God with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and we need to sing praise about God, and we need to sing encouraging songs to each other to stick with God. And we need to also be thankful. Verse 17, whatever you do, so as you go about your life, your day-to-day lifestyle, whatever you do, in word or deed, whether you say it or you do it, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. The name of Jesus is He who is salvation. So you keep the meaning of His name at the forefront of your lifestyle, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. What was that gift? Jesus Christ, who died for our sins, rose again, ascended on high, and he is now living in us through the power of the Holy Spirit.